Welcome to Prima's 2020 podcast series. My name is Shonda Ragland. I am the Director of Education at Prima. On this Prima podcast, Dr. Kimberly Gaston will discuss how health management programs impact workers' compensation. Dr. Gaston is the Clinical Field Service Director at the Insurance Program Managers Group. We will also be joined by Prima's Education Coordinator, Taekwon Gilbert. Taekwon will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the podcast. Appreciate you joining us today, Kim. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thanks for letting me be part of this podcast series. Not a problem. So first off, can you please explain the relationship between employee health and worker injury recovery? So as the Director of Field Clinical Services for IPMG, Insurance Program Managers Group, we serve as a third-party administrator delivering insurance and risk management solutions to our members. We're continuously looking for ways to help our clients reduce the number of workers' compensation claims, the duration of the claims, as well as the claim cost. Our risk managers and their return-to-work programs, our medical management team and nurse case managers, as well as claims adjusters, work very hard as a team to keep costs under control. These are all great approaches, but they can be undermined by the physical condition or the health of an employee. There are several factors that determine the outcome of a claim. One of the greatest impacts we've noticed is the decline in health of a claimant or a patient and how it contributes to the rising costs, longer duration, overall outcome, and expense on the claim. With this in mind, we face enormous challenges with dire consequences if we don't address the overall health of the employee. Chronic conditions are on the rise for all age groups. Employers will carry more of a burden than the already high cost of healthcare. Nearly 50% of Americans have one chronic health condition, and nearly half of those have multiple chronic conditions. Statistics show that currently 70% of Americans are overweight, 36% are obese. That number will climb to 42% by the year 2030. That's 32 million more Americans than today. Severe obesity, meaning 100 pounds over the overweight mark, will climb to 11%, which is double the current rate. When we look at who is impacted the most, it's our children and adolescents, whom which will be entering the workforce at that time. Currently, 17% of teenagers are obese. The number one risk factor determining severe obesity is being obese as a child or an adolescent. We focus so much effort on assisting claimants, or as I would say, patients, on helping them with weight loss because obesity is a risk factor for many other conditions. We realize that IPMG, that if we want to control the claims cost as well as the claim outcome, we have to address the complicating conditions that an employee may have. Can you expand on how complicating health conditions can influence workers' compensation injury management? Absolutely. So we have researched and identified in our claims data a list of comorbidities that contribute to the influencing factors of high-cost claims. Basically, a comorbidity is the presence of additional conditions that occur with the primary diagnosis, such as the work injury. So an example of that would be an employee who has suffered a meniscus tear or a knee injury, but they have an existing comorbidity or a diagnosis of diabetes or obesity or hypertension, high blood pressure, or any other complicating condition. When our adjusters try to predict claim costs at the onset of the claim or when they set their reserves, the amount set to pay the claims is significantly higher if a comorbidity is identified and plugged into the system. Duke University Medical Center published a study in the Archives of Internal Medicine showing that obese employees had a major impact on the cost of workers' compensation. The findings concluded 
that obese employees have injuries at twice the rate of non-obese employees, 13 times as many lost time days with 11 times higher indemnity costs for lost time. Medical costs were nearly seven times higher than the medical costs of non-obese employees. NCCI, or the National Council on Compensation Insurance, showed that work comp claims that included a secondary diagnosis of obesity incurred significantly higher claims costs than those without obesity. In the traditional work comp world, the focus is on knee injury alone. Even though the employee may have recovery or surgery delayed due to having to lose weight, or having a high hemoglobin A1C, which is the marker for diabetes, or having high blood pressure, traditional work comp says it's not our problem. Well, I've been very fortunate to work with an organization who has embraced the concept that it is our problem. We're not just managing claims, we're helping people. We need to help the employee get healthier. We've realized that although there's an abundance of information on health promotions, such as weight loss programs and new fitness crazes, people get confused and don't know what to do to get their health under control. In a business that provides injury management solutions, we must provide support for those suffering from those chronic conditions and comorbidities that contribute to these poor outcomes. So some comorbidities we identify as triggers for additional health management services include obesity, diabetes, hypertension or high blood pressure, hyperlipidemia or high cholesterol, metabolic syndrome, COPD or lung diseases, mental health, stress, and even lost time as a result of the injury. How can employee health management systems impact injury recovery benefit utilization and claim length? When we identify employees with health triggers or comorbidities, and we can get them actively engaged in setting their own goals and improving their overall health, we have seen a significant positive impact on healing for the patient. In turn, the positive impact on employee health translates into earlier recovery of the injury, early return to work, and decrease claim costs. I would say that 90% of the people who take advantage of our enhanced case management services want to lose weight. Therefore, we focus our efforts on providing them with improved nutritional and physical fitness resources. If you just search Google, you'll find hundreds of different programs that are available for people wanting to get healthier or lose weight. The problem is they may lose 20 pounds and turn around and gain 25 or 30. There are many fitness programs that are available, and I would say most, if not all of them, work. However, once the patient stops, they lose the benefit they gained. We have incorporated and deliver a scientifically proven physician-prescribed weight loss program. We educate and motivate. We work with the employee on who they are versus just what they do day to day. For example, most people start with the intentional of trying to lose weight, and with that in mind, they become successful. However, if we do not change how they think and help them create a new long-term habit, they gain it right back. Education and mindset is the key to creating sustainable long-term change for people. We help them change their mindset from willpower to why power. I believe everybody wants to be healthy and have energy and be free of disease. We may start a weight loss program or an exercise program, but over time, willpower gets thrown to the side when we're invited out for pizza and drinks. Food and sugar addiction is real. It's just as real as cocaine addiction. Living a sedentary lifestyle is a habit and is extremely difficult to overcome if we do not have enough why power to overcome it. However, if we can engage a patient into changing who they are versus what they do, this is where we gain the greatest outcome. We help them focus on their why power versus willpower. Personally, as a physician, I didn't really care much about the insurance 
aspect of things or decreasing claim costs. However, when I do a review on a claim or a claimant that I've worked with and determine a cost-savings outcome, it's astonishing to me how losing 30 pounds and improving overall physical fitness translates into a $30,000 savings on a work-related knee or back injury. Another thing we track is repeat injury status. Employees who take advantage of the service also have less future repeat injuries. What are the different employee health management system administration options? Most of what we have talked about thus far is our post-incident program. So basically, an employee has an injury, a claim is filed, we identify comorbidity triggers, and we offer our enhanced case management services and work with them on achieving their overall health goal. All services provided under this umbrella are paid for by the open workers' compensation claim. The cost of the services are a drop in the bucket compared to medical costs associated with managing the actual injury itself. However, one of the issues we came across is that when an employee shares their personal success with others and explains that the work company is paying for and providing the support, the other employees want to know how they can do it too. In order for us to cover the expense, they have to have an open workers' compensation claim. And obviously, our goal is to decrease claims, not stimulate them. We had to come up with programs and services that the employer can deliver in the pre-incident space or before an injury. With this in mind, we offer pre-incident health management programs, which include a biometric screen, one-on-one consulting, and high-risk outreach, as well as educational programs. We have also developed a pre-incident program coined the Badge of Health. This is specifically designed for the needs of public service employees, such as law enforcement, corrections, and firefighters. They face enormous health and injury challenges due to long hours, shift changes, poor eating habits, and stress. They may be sedentary for an extended period of time that, in a moment's notice, are up and running towards the next call. This one call increases cortisol levels, known as the stress hormone. Long-term, this lifestyle leads to heart disease, hypertension, diabetes, obesity, and poor mental health. We've designed the Badge of Health with the intention to specifically address the health concerns and health needs of our first responders. This program consists of developing a leadership team, ordering labs, offering a biometric screen, providing one-on-one consultations, offering our physician-prescribed weight loss program for those who qualify, and assisting the agency in incorporating a fitness program. We also provide a quarterly educational program on nutrition or weight loss, exercise, or stress. We acknowledge that people are going to have injuries. It's just much easier for us to manage injuries when we can help people become healthy. What impact can these systems have on COVID-related health and disease prevention? Poor health and decreased physical conditioning are the overall leading cause of severity of COVID-19. Depression and anxiety are also more prominent than ever. Statistically, the most prevalent underlying health conditions are cardiovascular disease, diabetes, chronic lung disease. We've seen that hospitalizations were six times more prevalent among these groups and death was 12 times more prevalent among these groups. We may not be able to control whether or not someone contracts the virus, but we may be able to impact the severity it has on their life. If there was ever a time we need to focus on improved nutrition, fitness, and mental health, the time is right now. We have reached the end of our podcast. Thanks to our speaker and all of our listeners. Please visit the Prima website to hear other Prima podcasts, view upcoming Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about other Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk. 
Have an amazing day.